up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the geek nation you're listening to spoiler alert spoilers alert Alert. i'm your host johnny the structor with me this week is no just me it's just me just no we had mark underscore l underscore miller we had a time all planned out and i guess he's still sleeping that poor guy's got a schedule that's ridiculous he does worse than mine it's impressive um, so hopefully he'll be back next week, or maybe, I don't know, maybe he'll contact us halfway through this show and we can plug him in. Uh, so we are here to talk about this week's comic books. And we're going to spoil them. We're going to spoil them. A lot of big things, a lot of big comics. And uh, But before that, how about if we get to some emails? Melio, Melio, Melios. This is from Anthony Drago, came in on May 22nd. This email is all about Spider-Man. I hope JD won't mind. I'm giving my two cents on all the Spidey books I'm reading right now, and I want to hear what you guys think. Wait, uh, conservatively, how many Spidey books are there right now? One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, I thought five, you were going to guess, not actually six. look at the answer. Rude. Oh, whoops. Forget it. No, forget it. Oops, forget it. Amazing Spider-Man. Just read through issue 15. I like it, but I don't love it. I think Spencer is having trouble with his voices. Peter and MJ speak like teenagers. JJJ and Robbie don't speak like older men. The dialogue stands out to me now. Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Read issues 1 through 4. This book... I love. It's funnier and more grounded than Amazing Spider-Man. Tom Taylor is doing a great job. I'm digging Juan Cabal's art. Um, do we, do you want to? I guess we should, out, do do one we should do one at a time. So back on Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, I haven't noticed a problem with the dialogue. Have you, Noel? No, not really. Um, yeah. I I do get what he means by maybe Peter and MJ sounding younger than thirty. Yeah, but. I, I think that's more perspective, but I didn't. I've never. I haven't noticed Robbie and J. Jonah. J. J. Jonah sounds. If anything, to complain about mm-hmm. his voice sounds more like a Fox News pundit now yeah. than it did before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think they sound. Young. I'm pretty sure all the Fox News pundits got their whole thing Spiel from J. Jonah Jameson. Oh my God! Rupert Murdoch just yeah. stole his whole <laughs> shtick. They're always slamming the desk and asking yeah. for pictures of Spider Man. Um, so. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, you know what? I'm still not happy that MJ is back. Like, the relationship with MJ is back. Because they did such hard work, and by hard work, I mean they effed it up and down, to unmarry them, and then have him be single, and, like, he dated the black cat for a little bit. He dated uh, that CSI. Carly Cooper. Carly was awesome. I liked her, et cetera, et cetera. Well, she, she's she been in this run. Has she? Yeah, you remember she showed up and talked to MJ for and a while. To MJ, invited her and then to that the, was it. No, she invited MJ to the support group. Yeah. For people that love. Have we ever seen that again? Uh, it was once, but honestly, we've been mired in this hunted arc for, for like 38 long. issues. Yeah, a little too long. But yeah, I don't think I need MJ back uh, in such a. Like, I don't mind that she's around, mm-hmm. but she's just. They may as well be married again. There's no know. difference between MJ and Peter now and when they were married. I think that's a relatively privileged perspective at least our that we share because we have been 
maturely reading comics before, during, and after the marriage. Yeah. So, like, we have the hindsight of being like, why'd they do all that? But you had all that stuff in between. Now they're, it's always going to go back to some version of it and then go again. I guess. I mean, I preferred it when they were married. Oh, yeah? I did. I actually really dug it. I liked the idea of, of, uh, I've, I've always been a fan of, uh, Will they, won't they, but yeah. afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, like, I like it when a... Everybody, a lot of people will say that, like, when they get together, the story's over. Yeah. I actually like it when they can stick the landing and make the story better yeah. when they get together. Yeah. And I think that they were doing that. I didn't... It's not like when I was reading him when they were married, I went, gosh, I wish he was single again. At no point did I think mm. that. I was just like, oh, he's married now, and that's the relationship, and here we go. But then they did all that work to undo the marriage, and now we're just... Right back in it again. I think it's going to be something that's going to happen every 20 years. All right. Fair I, enough. I think they're going to go as... I mean, I don't think they're going to remarry them ever. Yeah, but like together, not together, together, yeah, not together. Yeah. Well, the way that they've been in the last 10 issues or so been seeding how important Black Cat is and then her mm-hmm. like realizations and yeah. feelings. Which, yeah, that was great. I, I One of my favorite issues of this run, mm-hmm. of this uh, hunted storyline. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I haven't had a problem with Nick Spencer's stories in this Spider-Man. I think all his voices seem pretty good to me. I haven't, nothing felt egregious or strange. Uh, I would only say that maybe Hunted went on a little too long. Yeah. It's especially with how they they landed it. Which we will which get, we'll get to later. later. Yeah. Uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. I have read one issue. Me too. And I haven't gone back. I'm going to go back once the uh, trade paperback comes out or once I get a hold of the trade paperback. But everyone I've talked to who has read it says it's really good. Um, the artwork did not speak to me in the first issue, and that it didn't keep me from reading it, but it didn't make me excited to read it. It was a little, I find the artwork to be, I don't want to say pedestrian, but there's no real flash to it. It's solid. It's fine. That was the, so I didn't, I remember not liking it all that much, even though I really like Tom Taylor, but that was the issue where his spider sense looked like he was having a seizure in the negative zone, right? Right. I like, think so, maybe. Everything, like, the colors inversed and his yeah. eyes went white, and it's yeah. like, oh, is he having a stroke? Right, yeah, what's we were happening? like, wait, what's going on there? Oh, it's but it was sense? just It yeah. was just the artist's interpretation of the spider yeah. sense. I'm, I'm fine with just the, like, the wiggly lines yeah. that go around his head. <laughs> Those are so classic. And it was, yeah. I, I, I remember being like, oh, okay, MA's sick, cool, this saves a kid. Yeah. It, it just felt like an all-ages book that wasn't for me. Yeah, it wasn't drawn like an all ages book because no. there's nothing exciting I, actually, about I think when we had a longer conversation about it, there was like a tone thing. Like we yeah. couldn't figure out exactly who was who this, was this for? Is for. Yeah. Uh, all right. He continues. Marvel action Spider-Man from IDW. Issue one was just OK, but by issue three, it picks up. This is a different take where Peter, Miles and Gwen all have powers and are in high school together. Good for younger readers. I have not read an issue of Marvel action. So for anyone who doesn't know, Marvel has been doing... Uh, some more effort has putting in more effort to grab in the younger readers. They've got Marvel superhero adventures, MSH uh, adventures. And then there's also these Marvel action titles, Marvel action, black Panther, Marvel action, Avengers, Marvel action, Spider-Man, and soon Marvel action, Captain Marvel. So these are great. If you have kids that you want to get into the Marvel universe, and maybe they like the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse movie, you could grab them these and plop it in their hands without having to worry about being slightly too old. Mm. So uh, I haven't read any of these because they are specifically for the younger set, but I'm glad that they are doing their job. I'm glad they're there. Uh, Is this different than the Marvel Rising? Yes. Yeah, and then there's Marvel Rising, which is more, I would say, female-centric. 
Without being totally female, because like there's a couple of dudes in there. But tweens or kids? Like, what What would you say that, that's... Marvel Rising is more for tweens. Okay. Uh, or, like... Wait, that's before a teenager, right? Yeah, that's, that's like, like 10 what? To 12. Yes, that's more for them. Uh, Marvel Superhero Adventures is probably more for, like, 6 to 8. Just started reading. Yeah, thing. stuff like that. Nice. Very nice. Marvel Team-Up, issue numbers 1 and 2. This book is wonderful. A Spider-Man and Miss Marvel Freaky Friday team-up story in continuity. There's a really nice scene where Kamala, whose mind is in Peter's body, is simply having fun with his powers. And Peter just watches her, remembering what it was like to be that age. That's pretty cute. That's adorable. Uh, and I do, I want to read Marvel Team-Up, because I, I don't know if you saw, Noel, but the first issue did a sort of thing that Jeff Lemire did with that book, Trillium, where on one side, if it's, you know, it's two-sided. You mm -hmm. can flip it up and down. And the first side, or one of the sides, has Spider-Man going along his merry way, and then if you read from the back, it's Miss Marvel going along her merry way, and they meet in the middle. Did all from, issues do this, or just the just first the one? Just the first one, Okay, from my understanding. Uh, I did not have a chance to sit and read it, but I... You know, putting it up on the shelf, I went, wait, which is the front? Oh, there it's, oh, it's two-sided. This is cool. So I haven't gotten to it, but I am excited to read it. I think it looks pretty fun and pretty cute. I did pick up that first issue, and I haven't. it's it's on it's, my reads deck. Yeah, like, yeah. You have to prioritize every week, and it just yeah. keeps going back because it's not an air quote important book right. to do right away. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've got a whole stack. I'm curious. Hey, guys out there listening and gals and in-betweens. Do you, how big is your stack? I have probably <laughs> Personal. a long box of books to get to. Um, are, are we answering this question? I have, uh, I've got like maybe if it was like stacked up, maybe like a six to ten, six to eight inch long, like large stack of is it, and floppies. Do you keep it right near your bed bedside? I do. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not very far from where we're yeah. sitting right now. It's nice. Really, but that yeah. doesn't count all the, uh, trades that i want to read and oh reread yeah, yeah so like and, and those, all these omnibuses over here and absolutes are, you son of a bitch yeah um all right avenging spider-man from 2011 this is another good spidey team-up book i i have a couple of issues this in my shop in my back issue section and i was reading it at the time but i'm trying to remember is avenging spider-man was that part of superior was that were those like team-up books with doc ock spidey or is that a regular pete I remember it as being while he was on the Avengers, it was just another like Jim Zub book. Oh, okay. And it was like Marvel team up, but it was Spider Man and, and it was blank. like yeah, it was like Spider Man and Wolverine for like three or four issues, and then Sp like it and was. This just is around a the time where Pete and Carol were kind of flirting. You and love like, that period. I love that period. I it was it when only were, lasted when for they were like both the same age, a couple months, <laughs> and they were like flirting, and uh, I thought that was really cute. Actually, I thought what a neat idea. She's too good for you, Pete. Oh, way too good. So finally, Spidey from 2016. Oh. This book is fun and good for kids. One and done issues with a young Peter. The trade is published in six by nine size, nine inch size rather than the standard issue size, but it collects issues one through 12 for 13 bucks. This is a good value, so ask your local retailer like JD at JD's Hero Complex to order it for you. What do you guys think of these books? Well, we've gone, we've gone down with them, so you've got that answer. Um, so speaking of which, Anthony... This little book that you're talking about, this digest size of Spidey, which has both volumes of the Spidey series, is a new format that Marvel is putting out. So you can grab a similar digest version of 12 issues for $13, which is crazy to me, mm -hmm. of Ms. Marvel. 
The first 12 issues of the, the first oh, really? Miss Marvel series you can grab for 13 bucks. You can grab, there's probably one for Squirrel Girl. Um, this, oh, I just got in two copies of a new one. Uh, oh, the Wasp has one, the Unstoppable Wasp. Is this the same digest size that they did for Runaways back in the day? Yes. Oh, those were those were great. Yes. Yeah. So it's along that same line, and I love that they're doing it because I can. It's it's really affordable and it's really easy to hand somebody. Look, here is a year of comic books. If you're mm -hmm. interested in this character, plop. There you go. So yeah, Anthony, if you're looking for more of those, they do exist. Um, so thank you so much, Mr. Drago, for emailing us. Uh, if anybody out there wants to email us at coltspopgo at gmail.com, you can, and we would love if you did that. Please also, we have an um, option where you can leave us a voicemail, and we'll play it on the show. If you go to coltspopgo.com, there's a bright red bar on the right side of the website. You can click on that. You can leave a voicemail right from your phone. Um, I, would, I would love that. That's my favorite stuff. So... Should we get into the books, Noel? Yeah, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an option. Do you want to start with a palate cleanser, or do you want to get right into the thick of the, things that kind deep... of like happen? Let's, let's this start week. off light. We'll get we'll get right. heavy as we go. So I think that we should probably start with Spider-Man number twenty-two. All end, right, so finally, epic conclusion. Uh, it's a conclusion. It's so an epic conclusion. It concludes, is what you're saying to the epically the saga Ugh. of Hunted. This is I can't believe this. Hunted part six. No, it's not. It's part it's, ten. Yeah. Actually, I think the next issue is like a coda, so it's part 11. No, oh, jeez, <laughs> Christmas. So uh, last week, last episode, I should say, I remember saying, this has gone on too long. It needs to end. And mm. then this week, uh, it ends. I was like, hey, look at that. Oh, yeah, when you when you sold me this book, you were like, God, I hope, oh, it's over. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I was, really I was about to say, God, I hope this ends soon. Oh, look at that. It says the saga concludes. Um, even they don't call it epic. Yeah. So, uh, all right, the first thing. We've liked this. We have all the way through. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's I still like it. Yeah, I do like it. I do not like Humberto Ramos's artwork when he draws Spider-Man. The rest of the book is great. The rest of the book looks wonderful. I love his Craven, I love his Lizard, I love his Black Cat. Everybody in here, I'm flipping. It looks great. Except his black suit Spider-Man is so weird. He there's a creature in one of the Miyazaki films um I want to say maybe it's uh, Spirited Away or Princess Mononoke where it's like very kind of blobular in the middle and it's got these little real thin arms. And that's how he's drawing Spider-Man in a lot of the panels here. He's got a huge rectangular torso and these tiny, tiny little little arms and legs. He looks like Slenderman. It's creepy. Uh, it's his, weird. That's his proper name, it's Slenderman. Not the, the Slenderman. But it does not look... Right. That is not how I picture Peter Parker. It is It is odd. And also, too, like, uh, to spoil the turn of this issue, um, there's more than one person in the Spider-Man suit during this. But they're all drawn the but same. But they all look, no matter what they look like before, they all look like the bulbous little spindly... Spidey. Spidey. Well, he looks monstrous. So there's a, there's a, there's a panel in here where his, he's, like, on the ground and hoisting himself up in yeah. almost like a push-up pose. His, like, from back to torso is, like, 18 inches deep, but his arms are, like, maybe three inch in circumference. Yeah. <laughs> and they start from his pecs. It's, it's just, it's, it's a very... It's so weird. It, it looks, it looks creatureous. It doesn't it, look ugly. It looks ugly. like it just the Venom symbiote if it was trying to pretend to be human. Yeah, he looks... It doesn't it, look like an actual human's in there. It's, like, nobule. Yeah. He looks gooey. So we should get, while we're talking right, about what it. What happened in the book? Spider-Man is beaten by Craven for a couple of seconds, and then I guess he's got the drugs in him, so he's 
Craven convinces Spider-Man that what he did last issue with freeing the lizard from that little spine... Uh, his inhibitor chip. His inhibitor chip, thank you, is what got all of these people killed. There's a mm-hmm. pile of corpses. Oh, my God. The lizard killed all these people. It's all my fault. See, it's it's your fault, Spider-Man. You find, But I'm proud of you because you're finally like the spider who I've always wanted you to be, the spider. You've gotten rid of the man. Now you're the spider. And then, of course, seconds later, Peter realizes, oh, I'm drugged. Oh, wait a minute. This pile of corpses looks like it was done with a with a Craven the Hunter knife. So clearly <laughs> he's trying to fuck with me. And so the one of the most important things to know about this Craven character uh, of recent years is he was brought back to life after committing suicide and his family brought him back using voodoo of some sort. And the only way he can be killed is by the spider. That's what, yeah, the, that's the, what the phrase is. You can the, only be, the, yeah. the curse being lifted, he can only rest eternally if he's yeah. killed by the spider. Yeah. The totem. And the whole, the, the whole reason of this book, uh, this whole, his whole plan has been to get to Peter Parker to a point where he will kill him. Yeah, so so like to 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 take recap all the things that he did to get Spider-Man to a point. Mm-hmm. He captured every single animal-based villain and hero. Mm-hmm. Um, trapped them in Central Park with an impenet- and under an impenetrable dome, almost like a like a hunting sanctuary. Yeah, and then unleashed arcades murder bots, which are connected, which are connected to. Game hunters. Who are those lame people who go to a place and just shoot a thing that's just sitting there? Yeah. And then pose with it? Like the the douchebags. So these game hunters are hunting people dressed up like animals. And then we find out that the game hunters are also stuck in these machines and will die if the machine gets taken offline. So so Peter Parker's in this situation where all of these quote-unquote innocents will be killed Uh if I help the bad guys get out but the bad guys are being hunted and killed by these innocents. So just like it's a murder spree. Yeah. And he's stuck in the middle of it. But I, and, and Craven is like, if you just kill me, this will all end. Arcade has the, has the, his, my um, instructions Mm -hmm. to free everybody. Everyone gets to live. Just kill me. Yeah. He's also having these weird hallucinations of MJ being dead. Yeah. Which I don't quite know where they're coming from, but I like Craven knows about it. Craven knows that he's having hallucinations about MJ. Well, I guess which is so. weird. Yeah, and then you've got creepy Craven clone. Junior. Yeah, his son, his quote unquote son. So by the end of it, um, Spidey wins the day, and Craven realizes that the man behind the spider is qu- also important. Um, is the true hunter? Yeah, he's the true nemesis. Is the, is the man, not the spider? Well, right? the. He had it all wrong. Yeah. Or or he appreciate like uh his mercy was more powerful than his ability to best him or some 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 altruistic BS to be honest with you like You are more than your power, more than your strength. It is the heart that beats inside you that makes you worthy of the spider. The heart yeah. of a good man. Yeah. yeah. So instead of him actually just being the hunting machine that he should be mm-hmm. craven realizes mid-battle like actually i was wrong the whole time yeah yeah which i like that turn but then in order to release himself from this curse and to die he puts on the spider-man outfit the black spider-man outfit again and has his son beat him to death allows his son to be allows to death. his yeah. son yeah but like so the kid this young craven whoever this kid is um 
thinks he's fighting Spider-Man and eventually just chokes him to death, right? Yeah, you know, also, too, I think, we're, like, we're giving short shrift to um, Craven's realization. Like, to get to this point, he killed his birth children. All of them. All of them. And yeah. then There's a lot of them. had 20-something clone children who all killed each other off to become the strongest. Yeah. Like, he realizes that he's abandoned his humanity, his man. Yeah. yeah. So he doesn't deserve to live anymore. Right. And that's, I think, why he lets his son kill him kill while him. he's dressed as the spider so, so it's a i guess it's like this weird loophole because as i was reading it i was like wait a minute so his son killed him but he can't die unless he's killed by the spider his son's not the spider but he's so craven's wearing a spider-man outfit so that makes him the spider but the meaning was inside of you the whole time that's yeah <laughs> it's a little weird uh i'm not quite sure how voodoo curses work I, maybe I, it really is just wild interpretation yeah I yeah guess so uh, so I don't know if I buy that 100%, but when we were talking about it, you seem to. You seem to like it, right? Um, I like if you if you laid this all out on paper just as an, as an outline, I'd be like, I buy that. I like okay. that. That's actually kind of cool. Like the the best villains are the ones that learn lessons, kind of a thing. Right? Oh, I don't mind that he learned a lesson, I, but that's just it. Like on paper, written out. Yeah, sounds great. As the tenth issue of this, like building, 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 and then you get side issues of like these really good side issue one shots of mm. these villains that are part of it. They're all put completely to the side, and it's kind of all settled between one, two people. Yeah. So it just it feels like a escalation to nowhere as opposed to it ended well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I think it was just an issue of tone and balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, like I didn't dislike it, but I also not, can't be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah, it just didn't stick the landing for me. There was so much buildup and all this stuff going on. It really is just like, well, all right. I think that's now just it. Done. I think it's the buildup, not the landing. Yeah. There's too much buildup. Yeah. Yeah. But there's one, looks like there's one more issue coming. Uh, it's got a cover here of, I guess, the young Craven the Hunter stabbing yeah. the Spider Man mask. So I, I guess we've got one more, like, epilogue i guess so i gotta give i gotta give mick spencer props though so like it's a it's a um it's kind of like a dying art in comic book storytelling where you're constantly changing things uh -huh. but things actually can't or shouldn't change all that much mm -hmm. so he was able to begin and end a craven story definitively without removing a craven Right, because the there's a new Craven. Exactly. Yeah, he so introduced like it's, a it's new Craven. Like perpetual second act, yeah. which I actually really appreciate. And it was actually kind of like done really well, too. Like he set up this crazy high evolutionary plan of Cravens to create the perfect sun. So weird. Yeah, but then I, f I also have this element of we've already done this. Yeah. We had the original Craven. The original Craven dies. And then there is a. Craven's son, right? Isn't that the the version of like Get Craven from Ron Zimmerman? That's yeah, really bad his series. Daughter too, I think, showed up. Yeah, in brand he, new there day. were other young Cravens before. Yeah. So the mantle has already been passed, and then we brought back the original, and now we've killed him again, and then we've created a new son to pass the mantle on again. So we're just it's really it's really cyclical at this point. Which I understand, yes, that's how comic books work. But like, this is very specific. This is a very specific cycle. Uh, Spencer, and he's done this two or three times in his run so far. Mm -hmm. He's just riffing on old stories. Yeah. In his own little way. Like, I don't think he's necessarily hiding it. 
Okay, that's just his. That's just what we're I doing. Think that's, I think that's. We're his just goal. like, hey, you like old Spidey stories? Here we go. Yeah, I'm gonna put them in a modern lens. Yeah, I kind of ultimate ultimate yeah. versions. A little bit without yeah. without, without but in continuity. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I'm not mad at it. I've, I'm enjoying it. I think it is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one just uh, we'll see. We'll see what the next issue brings. I us. wish I it may was turn around four issues less. Yeah, 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 for sure. But anyway, that was the Marvel book of the week. The uh, Marvel book. Everything moving forward is all DC. It was a big DC week. It was a big DC. Well, you know what? Let's let's jump right into it. Let's go with Heroes in Crisis. Okay, Heroes, Heroes in Crisis, Crisis number nine. <laughs> so, <laughs> ah, uh, it's this written book. by. <laughs> written by. I don't know what's happening to me. Tom King with art by Clay Man. Fudge buckets. So. Oh, you know what? Actually, first though, uh-huh. you know what we would like. Looking at this book, uh huh, um, it's beautiful. It's so look, it's beautiful. I love it. You know what Clayman should draw? Other things. A Clayface book. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Mark underscore L underscore Miller. Yeah. It's like you're here with us. Ooga. So, <laughs> so I want to. I would like to apologize to you and Mark <laughs> because y'all were going. I don't know about this book, JD. I don't know. I don't know about this book. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, guys, it's great. Every issue, it's gonna, it's gonna wrap up great. He's gonna stick the landing. It's all going to come together. Just watch. It's going to be great. And uh, I was wrong. I, uh, I, I take it back. I apologize. I will eat those words. I will also eat my hat. Um, this book, it, I, uh, I like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. I like the, the idea of superheroes having PTSD, mm-hmm. having to deal with those emotions and move forward. Because you really do. These characters really go through giant universe changing um events where they you know they lose whole families and and all their loved ones and everything is different now but to the comic readers we're just moving on and how would it affect the actual characters and i think brian michael bendis did a really interesting little take on this back with alias where i guess a marvel the secret wars had happened and regular people would wake up and be like all of a sudden i've got a new husband this was not who I went to bed with last night. The universe is different. Does anyone else notice this? Um, and I thought that was a, a really interesting take. So I like the idea of this where, spoiler alert, Wally West is the bad guy. Um, he, mm. he had his PTSD. He lost his, because he lost his family. He lost, his wife is there and doesn't remember him. His children no longer exist. He's the only one who really remembers them. Yeah. And... Now he has a breakdown, right? He goes to the place which is called Sanctuary to yeah. deal with this PTSD, which is created by Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. And they're just... Uh, also, the idea behind it is we're going to have robots there, and we're going to l- listen to what the superheroes have to do, but we're not going to keep any of the information, which doesn't make any sense for therapy, first of all. Well, it's, 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 I wouldn't even, it's not even therapy. It's just like confessional. If anything, this... um. Is one of the theses of this book that um, it should be participatory. Like, even like uh, you can't heal thyself in a bubble, Mm -hmm. you know, which which essentially was one of the motivations that got uh, that had Wally lose control of the speed force and kill all those people. He saw all of the information that was out there Mm -hmm. and decided to share it and get it in the open because. They should not be hiding. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, part of his plan here is to make everyone well aware of the uh, sanctuary Mm -hmm. and how, yeah, your superheroes, 
they're doing a lot, <laughs> and they're, they they also need to recover. Yeah. Um. So I, what I like about this is Tom King is saying, mental health is an important aspect of being a human, and we should there should be not be stigmas around mental health. It's, and if you're dealing with things, people, you need to be supported and you need to be open about it. It shouldn't be it, in the shadows. It at shouldn't all. be. You shouldn't yeah. be hiding it. Um, which I love. I love all that. Yeah. The story that he brought us, I do not like. The way he told the story, I do not like. There is so much extraneous stuff in this book dealing with... Remind me of the Golgar, whatever his name is. There's like some... Gnard or something? Whatever his... You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it was, was the, like a, it was the, the caveman. Caveman guy. That loved poetry. Why? He had an, enti- he had an entire issue. Why was he in um, this issue? Why did he have an entire issue? The, the almost entire issue or three-fourths of an issue that was Superman giving a speech announcing that Sanctuary exists. Okay, that was important. Needed it. Did we need splash pages from every corner of the DC universe showing us like the Golden Knights and Doctor nope. Fate and all kinds of like it was it was like a universal call to arms, but it was really just a press conference. Yeah, there's a lot of filler in this book. It's, so much it's a filler. shit ton of show don't tell, which I'm yeah. tired of. Like you've saying. been saying the entire time, it's everything. And I was that's like, important. no, they're gonna. It's gonna. <laughs> everything that's wrong. important happens in like it on like. Outside of the panel, or it's told to me later on. Like yeah. everything, everything in this book has been reactionary, which, as a structure of a piece, may work, but not over the course of nine issues and eleven months. So yeah, this is nine issues. I feel like if you trimmed out all of the stuff we didn't need, three issues, four issues. I, I would say four, four or five. Like this could have been an incredibly tight, scary, breakneck story yeah. like if we knew from the onset that something awful like this happened to a beloved character or that a beloved character did something awful like this mm-hmm. and then learned why in like a very uncomfortable pace of like yeah. this 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 to kind of show you the mm-hmm. the stress and pressure of PTSD yeah this would have been a beautiful book yeah and like why were booster gold and Harley even there Oh, so I have an answer for that. Yeah. Which is, I didn't realize this. Uh, Tom King actually said in an interview that he said he said this a bunch of times. This is the first time I've come across it. But he said, like I've said time and time again, I write an idea for a story and I give it to DC Editorial and they tell me which characters I can use. So he says, I'm going to have a character. He's going to freak out. He's going to kill a bunch of people. Uh, He's going to frame two other characters. Who can I use? They say Wally West, Harley Quinn, Booster Gold, here you go. I think that's bullshit when it comes to Booster Gold because he had a three-issue arc of him in Batman where he kind of went crazy. Did he? Yeah. You don't remember that? But also you don't, I mean, no one, we don't really know when they told him this. That's true. He may have done, maybe he was like, oh, I can also use this over in Batman. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Um, So. But why would, so was this pre or post Jeff John's kind of moving away from creative editorial. I don't know. I don't know what timeline. Because like, why would it was a recent? Article. Why would after rebirth him be like, yeah, you know, take Wally. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound like something he would use Wally for, right? Especially after, especially after reading Doomsday Clock. Yeah. So, um, I would also like it clear 
yes, I'm a huge Wally West fan. I don't care that they, I'm not one of those people because the, the internet is on fire now with the people being like, you've ruined Wally West no, and blah, no, blah, no. blah. I, I don't care about that. If anything, they, they kind of made him more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm enjoying reading a story about Wally West. I want mm-hmm. to read a better version of this story with yeah. Wally West going a little haywire and accidentally manslaughtering a bunch of people. Um, so then he also, part of the part of the story is well, I've accidentally killed all these people using the speed force. I've lost control. Boom. They're all dead. What do I do? Well, I'm going to grab a corpse of five-year me from the future and bring it back here. And then... Well, you're um, skipping a step. Am I? Yeah, you're skipping a this step. This is pretty convoluted. I apologize. Yeah. Um. So an early problem that you had last issue was the fact that why the hell did Wally West go forward in time... Well, that's what to I'm getting him- to. Well, hang on, hang on. Yeah. To kill himself, to set this up, because because he could have just gone back in time. Right. But it's because of the fi- like throughout the course of the five days in witnessing what happened from his actions, he noticed or he realized that he really just needed to talk to himself mm-hmm. to let himself know. So like you have this beautiful scene between future Wally and present Wally about the art of forgiveness and, and the yeah. value of mental health and mental stability. And you don't have to keep destroying yourself to build a future. So I'm st- like, it's really, really great. Then after that conversation, we realized like, well, what the hell are you going to do to fix the timeline? Because there's still a five day old dead body. Yeah. And this is where the crazy convolution happens okay. and go. Oh no, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, they like, Booster Gold kind of jumps I'm gonna in. I'm going to go to the future, and I'm gonna. we've got a cloning machine, so we're going to clone the dead body or something? We're going to oh. clone a corpse. Uh, we're going to clone uh, a, a... So it's a body that's never been alive? Uh-huh. We're just going to clone a corpse, make sure it's five days older than... Uh-huh. Et cetera, et cetera. Put it in the past. Like, and future Wally goes and puts it in the past. When he does that, he will disappear. What? Oh. Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah, future Wally goes and puts it there, comes back, and then disappears when everything catches up. So it's just current timeline Wally in a prison cell. No, uh, this is this is a mess. Yeah, it's it's and it's not fun. It's not even like one of those things where like yeah, it's like let's say for instance, recent Justice League. It's a mess. Yeah. But you know what? It's a, a kind of fun. It's, it's a, a fun it's a book. It's got Jaro in a Robin outfit. Um, this is yeah. not even fun. Papa. This is just <laughs> just a, a slog to get through. There's it's ex- there's a lot of extraneous stuff in here that uh, I wish we didn't have. And, um, you know, not that that was room in there. You take out the extraneous, extraneous stuff and you write it differently and you it's not extraneous anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's not even like I want to trim the book from nine issues to three issues. What my point was, was if you take out everything that doesn't really matter, you would only have three issues. Mm -hmm. But you could still have a nine-issue series if you filled it with stuff that mattered. If you took us along the ride in a different way is is sort of where I'm at. Okay, hang on. I was wrong. Okay. So this is out of the mouth of Booster Gold. Okay. C, Young Flash brings back the body five days ago and puts it where it should be. Then Young Flash does whatever Old Flash just did and, you know, becomes Old Flash. Then Old Flash tells Young Flash all this stuff and Old Flash just told Young Flash. And I'm then already lost. Old Flash lives life and Young Flash does the loop and it goes on and on. I hate it. 
Yeah. I hate it. Bros before heroes. Bros before heroes. Also, I could not believe I was reading that. Also, too, um, jeez. I'm okay with death. I just, they. Who's death? They still murdered a bunch of characters off screen. Yeah. Yep. Like, Arsenal. Roy Harper's dead. Oh, that's right. Citizen Steel is dead. Um, Caveman guy. Probably dead. He's Gennard. I just make it up. I feel like he's okay. Lagoon Boy is dead. Well, that's fine. Yeah, it's also fine. Uh, I just, what a shame. This just felt like. Yeah, I mean, I. It's not even that's that's my problem. It's not that the actions of the story are are. Yeah. Uh, my childhood's not ruined. Right, right. Yeah. It's not that what they've done is ruin the character for me. It's that the story that ruined him or that that changed him wasn't even good. Yeah. That's my problem. If this was done well, I'd be happy. As I don't know. I think this is this is this is indicative of the same problems at least personally I've been having with um Tom King's Batman run. It's yeah. just it's it's sprinkles of amazing in the middle of a sea of like meh. Okay, sure. My, it's it's just it's just just a stretched out mm-hmm. filled in story for no reason other than to be filled in and I'm like oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, we just had nine issues of Nightmare, right? Knigget Mare, where Batman's just dreaming over and over and over again, different dreams. And and they don't have there's uh, no connective any, tissue there's no outlying purpose no for reason. it either it's not it's not propelling a story at all and yeah. this there were many parts of this that didn't feel like you were actually propelling a story yeah. I, it's i'm kind of glad that he's going to finish his run in, in batman tight woman miniseries yeah because i feel like that will focus it yeah yeah yeah. What a bummer. All right. So Heroes in Crisis 9. You know what, though? I, I would also like, I keep saying call to action. Email us. If you liked Heroes in Crisis, please email us and let us know why. Uh, I wanted to like this book. I was on board for the entirety of it until the last two issues. And I went, oh, this isn't wrapping up in a good way that I'm enjoying. Um, all of this extraneous stuff didn't wasn't there for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, email us and let us know. I'm curious what you guys think. So, uh, uh, well, let's let's go to the opposite. Well, you know what? Let's talk about last man, last night on Earth first. All right, so Batman: Last Night on Earth by Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, with Johnny and Clampion and FCO Placencia. Black Label. Uh, it's the new Black Label book. Now we have not finished the first Black Label book, which was Batman: Damned, but everyone freaked out. What I'm excited, which is funny though, because they freaked out about issue one. So what's going on with issues two and three? Two came out. Yeah, I know, but it was also pushed back. Yeah, probably because they. Was there more Batman penises? Was it like just Batman dick all over the place? There might have been boobies. I don't know. So um, first thing, first thing to note is that this book is now comic book sized. Because the DC Black Label book before was oversized. It was perfect bound, which is a binding technique where you've got a little bit of a um, thick binding. And it was about magazine size. Mm -hmm. And I thought... Well, this is cool, but where does it go? I cannot put it in my long boxes or short boxes. It can go on my shelf, but it's still just a comic book. It's weird. So I like that they've trimmed it. Now, I think someone called me and asked, hey, man, should I be reading this? And I said, did you read the Scott Snyder Batman New 52 run, most specifically the towards the end of it? Mm-hmm. And he was like, no. And I said, oh, you might want to read those. It was Tim from uh, Tim from last week. Oh, okay. And... um. 
Well, I mean, this relies heavily, I think, on some plot points or, or contrivances it, that Snyder had in his run. It does and it doesn't. So it it doesn't in so much as I do think that someone can watch the first Avengers movie mm-hmm. and not have seen all five other Marvel right. movies. But if you did see all five other Marvel movies, oh my God, you're getting everything. Yeah. It, it's, it works. I think it works alone. But he does yeah. explain everything. But even even the stuff that was explained to the me, the first act, I still talked to you and went, "Wait, what's going on here?" And you had to tell me the middle part of the book, and I was like, "Oh, now I like it." Yeah. So we have a um, was there three chapters? Uh, is it three? It might be four. Hang on, I'm flipping through four four, four chapters. chapters. So the first chapter itself is a a case, uh, a very like innocuous kind of year long slow burn case which i like i like the case so basically uh batman has over the course of a year been noticing that these um it's like chalk lines chalk lines are left just like what five by five right it's a chalk chalk line a five by five and he's been piecing them together and when you put them all together you've got a chalk outline of batman yeah, so like from satellite imagery, putting all of these pictures together of just a five by, five foot by five foot piece of pavement. Yeah, it's a it's an outline of Batman lying dead, and the center of it, the heart of it, as it were, mm-hmm. is Crime Alley, of course, where his parents were murdered. Yes, um, and then he comes across this little boy who is dead. It's a it's a corpse of a little boy under an umbrella. And then there's uh, a mechanized trigger that happens that looks like it shoots Batman in the face. And, of course, we cut immediately to Bruce Wayne opening his eyes, and he's in a hospital. He's in Arkham. Arkham being talked to by, what is your name? Red Hood or something? It's uh, HUD. HUD. What's his first name? I don't Um, know. But, yeah. So he wakes up, and uh, it's revealed that Oh, he's just maybe he's been crazy all this time, which we've seen time and time again. Yeah, he he he's he's a young Bruce Wayne, crazy for the last twenty years. Yeah, um, he has created all of these rogue galleries and fights from the inside mm-hmm. by looking at the staff of the hospital. It's very much a his name is Redman Hud. Yeah, which is how we get Red Hood. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then it also they also show to you that like his uh, his. You know, bat costume and cowl was actually like uh, a leather head strap and mm-hmm. um, straight jacket. It's, it's actually, in a weird way, it's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those like what if episodes of a TV show where you're just like, it was all a dream. Yeah. Which is Which, cool. Yeah, it never really bothers me. But th- this one's actually particularly well done. Um, and so it's basically Pennywise trying to. Pennyworth. Pennyworth. Oh, not, not the clown. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, um, it is. Pennyworth. Trying to wake up Bruce, quote unquote, wake up Bruce and, and let him know that, listen, uh, all of this stuff, the whole time you think you've been Batman, this has all been in your head, buddy. Um, and But now you're finally home and we can finally be a family and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then he digs his way out somehow, right? Oh, it's a little more than that. So Because they're in Wayne Manor here. And then no, the next page is him. Or are they in Arkham? Yeah. Oh. And then he digs his way out and he's in the desert. I think you're taking that too literally. Like okay. it's just a scene transition. Well, that's what I'm. That's where my questions are. Of like, we've got these little vignettes that jump from one to the other with no real in between. So, to so my, inter- them. my interpretation of so the hosp- the whole hospital scenario is revealed to be an elderly Alfred's plea 
Mm-hmm. He created this whole scenario for Batman or for Bruce Wayne to finally realize that maybe his whole his life's endeavor has been folly. Mm-hmm. Live a normal life with me. We've recreated, you know, yeah. your your home and your estate. Um, he realizes it's not the truth mm-hmm. and chooses to, you know, chooses his mission. Yeah. But there's a disparity though, because it's like a twenty eight, thirty year old Bruce Wayne. And with an incredibly like a elderly, ninety-year-old something, hundred-year-old yeah. Pennyworth, Penny, yeah. Pennywise. It's a hundred-year-old yeah. Pennyworth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so you're just like, okay, that doesn't really make sense. And then you know, Bruce decides to go off, but then they do have this transition scene of him digging himself out. So later on, like we learn that the world is now a a hellscape. So I mm-hmm. I assumed that with all of his resources, Pennyworth just kind of recreated an underground Arkham. Yeah, sure. It, like they've just—it's all fabricated underground because the surface is torn to shreds. Yeah, and seems to be um, inhabited by these weird. Um, I don't quite understand what happened here with the Green Lantern rings and these big babies and these sort of like. Um, so when zombie people, they try to explain it. Like so, when Oa fell, um, a bunch of Green Lanterns got murdered. But Oa is the one that kind of choose like tells rings to go where they need to go yeah yeah. these ones just went and took like attached themselves to people who had no free will Uh uh-huh so those big babies are actually just the rings acting out acting out like they like it's been a couple of years since that all happened so these are just like crude constructs that were allowed to mature because they never went back in the ring right so they're just big terrorizing babies and their ring bearers are just like corpses drained dry that are like being dragged around like almost like a if you've ever seen a a, a, a not very good parent with a uh-huh. leash on a baby yeah holding them back it's literally just like these these people being dragged by yeah i like that they're they're babies. kind of just like on their tippy toes like literally yeah. just being dragged it's a very it's weird creepy. high concept book so far yeah. um and then uh basically we've got um he gets rescued and taken down underground to where that what they're calling Gem World, which is this underground that's been recreated um, by what was it Amethyst or whatever? Because everything's all purple. It's like Amethyst and Opal and yeah, all these like gems. And so all of the survivors from Earth who you know uh, have gone underground are led by Vixen, Wonder Woman, uh, Wonder Girl. She's got a cool star on her face, and I love this look of Wonder Woman. Right? It's a real. This here's 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 the visual and the story. Don't quite coincide you've got badass wonder woman she's, she's all scarred up she's all scarred and she's got a real cool like new um headband and she's got a mohawk with a is that a mullet does she have a mullet she's got a she's got a mohawk with a tail yeah and uh so she's looks like she's ready for war she's so badass but what she's ready for is giving up She's ready to retreat to Hades. Yeah, she's ready to literally go on the run. Yeah, so there's Why has she It's just strange that like her visage is like I'm badass warrior getting ready to do stuff. I don't even have time for a full head of hair. I'm just doing a mohawk. Now nah, we're just going to go retreat. So it wasn't until uh, so um in this gem world there are uh, she says like hundreds of thousands or a yeah. couple a couple hundred thousand survivors. Yeah. She has made a deal with Hades to allow them into into the underground. into the underground to be safe yeah. with a little bit of light. Let in a little Just bit of light. A little bit of yeah. light. Um, but Bruce is not really having it. She yeah. even says, she's just like, I know you're thinking about whoever's left up there, but I'm telling you the war is fought. It's, it's over. Yeah. Um, 
and I really like in hindsight, I really, really dig the idea of this, even though it's a little bit of a betrayal of, of who Wonder Woman is, at least that we know her. Uh-huh. I love the idea of this. She is the epitome of love and light and her future is to go deeper. Uh-huh. And he is the epitome of darkness and shadow. And he's like, no, we got to go we up. We got to go up to the, we gotta oh, go up to the top. I like this. They've literally, people. like, not literally, but they've um, the reverse. traded places. Yeah. Yeah. And also, to, like, like, in reference to Scott Snyder's run, this is, it could be a standalone story, mm-hmm. but I, I think it very much has to do with, there was a, um, there was a, there's a bit in there. About a cloning machine. Yeah, we yeah. have skipped one of the most important parts is that this is not our Bruce Wayne. No. This is a Bruce Wayne in the future. Batman, our Bruce Wayne, had created a what? what? Sure he did. He created a cloning machine, which ha- has all of his memories up until a certain point. And then he wanted to make sure that every generation had a Batman. So moving forward, even after his death, we will... Well, clone a new me to be... It's such a kooky... Well, I think it's so weird. So, like, I think the machine came from someone else, but that doesn't even matter. He's, yeah. It's, it's his. And they used it a little bit um, during the super heavy arc where yeah. there was a young, revitalized Bruce Wayne after the Dionysus yeah. jazz where he was he was essentially rebooted yeah. in body but not in mind. So they ended up using the machine to put his memories back into that body. That's right, yeah. Um, but then they got rid of the machine, but I guess they never did. And, uh, yeah, so it's just like a backup memory of him. So this body, we're assuming, or I think they pretty much spell it out. This body is, um, a reboot from an old, (laughs) from an old old save point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me like the middle part even better where it's, we've got this new Bruce Wayne waking up and Alfred is trying his damnedest to convince this new Bruce that your old life never happened. It's all in your head. And I've got this new young Bruce and maybe I can, I can do right by him this time and we can just be a family and live life and blah, blah, blah. So I like that idea of like, instead of just rebooting another Batman with this version, I'm going to try and save him quote unquote, save him from a life of servitude. And I, and I think that's also kind of where, he has the 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 privileged perspective of not having lived through whatever it is that everyone else has lived through. Yeah, it was, whatever it was, it was so bad mm-hmm. that it even broke Wonder Woman. Yeah, and Clark is is assumed to be completely and utterly abolished and gone and dead. Yeah, despite rumors. So, like, I I I like the idea of setting up these very odd, weird stakes inside but outside of continuity. Uh huh. Yeah, I am. Um, but also, I like the the storytelling of that, right? Because I like now we have a reason for people to be explaining this to Bruce because he's the the um, audience surrogate now um, because he's just waking up in this new apocalypse. So I thought storytelling wise, that even worked pretty well. Is like, well, here's a reason for me to be giving you all this information. So um, yeah, I thought this. I didn't know how I was going to feel about it because I really did not like All Star Su- Batman. Yeah, the Scott Snyder before. stuff. I really did not like that, and I thought it was such a such a plummet from I thought a really good New Fifty Two Batman. Like I liked that entire thing up until Super Heavy, which so, is you know it's it's pretty it's, good run. Yeah, Super Heavy was great. Yeah. Well, Super Heavy was weak, but the rest was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, what? Why was? Why is this a black label book? And, and I mean, like, was is this another instance of was he cut short? No, or did I, he willingly I don't think leave? So. I think because he's. he's 
released like many Batman stories a year since his run ended. At the was time, this... he he was saying like I'm pretty pretty good, but then he was like, but then he did. Well, I do have more. And... Well, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. I think he was just like, I think sometimes when you're a writer, you feel like oh, I'm good. I did it. And then you move away for a little bit, and then you go, nah, I kind of enjoy doing this. Well, this, this, the way that this story is constructed, it feels like it should have been the cap of uh, his entire run. Yes. So, I don't know. Had I, this happened how, back then, that had been pretty cool. Well, that's just what I, that's what I mean. Like, how is this, if he had this in his back pocket, then he was lying. Yeah. This is definitively the end of his run. run. Which I like. It's, it's old man Batman. It's he old man it, Logan. It's Batman. He, well, he also did it with uh, Green Lantern, right? He gave us an end to his Green Lantern run. He said, Snyder? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking Jeff Johns. I'm thinking Jeff Johns. You're right. But you know, you're right, though. Jeff Johns is an oversized issue where he literally writes the end of all these characters. Hal Jordan gets married. This is, this is a, I think it was a bigger F you than Bendis to to Brubaker for Daredevil. Like, I'm "I'm going to put your character in jail and everyone knows about him. Yeah, yeah. Go on. (laughs) Enjoy. But uh, uh, Jeff Johns, what? He married, he married off Hal Jordan and. Carol Ferris. Yeah. They got married. They had children. They grew old together. Yeah. Sinestro became a... He became um, the keeper of the book. Yep. Uh, uh, like, the Green Lanterns pretty went cool. on for eons. Yeah. Like, it was literally an ending. It was great. Yeah. So, that's how I'm feeling about this. Is like, oh, he's giving you the... Here's, here's hope, the end of it. I, it's three oversized issues. They're, the art is beautiful. Yeah. I, I hope it comes out on time. This would be beautiful. So, you were talking about the format before. The oversized, like, magazine-sized... I thought that was a great. I loved it because yeah. it was like an issue. It was like an absolute issue. It was right. like an issue of oversized art. Okay. I would have found a home on my shelf. Okay. Or there would have been uh, a solution like Image did with Barrier. Right, with a little. Slip, there would have been cutter. something. It would have yeah. been cool. All right, so we're running out of time because I got to go to a doctor's appointment. So we're gonna um, do Doomsday Clock number ten. We were going to talk about Superman, Leviathan Rising, but maybe we'll discuss it later. Oh, Cooper, you're so cute. There's a cat. And he's nuzzing the microphone. Oh my god, I love you. So Doomsday <laughs> Clock. The show's over. It's just time to talk to Cooper. Oh, um, start purring, buddy. Doomsday Clock number ten of twelve. We're, we're getting to the end here. We're getting down to the wire, and this is by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Super, super, super late book, Noel. And uh, I'll tell yeah. you what, I don't care. It's so good. I like it so much. Um, this is what I was hoping uh, Heroes in Crisis would be, right? I was hoping it would really like pull things together and make sense and really feel thought out and complete. And uh, I'm having such a bonkers good time with this book. Uh, do you want to tell us some of the, the main hits? Well, uh, before that, I think it's like this is the absolute opposite of how they've been dealing with Heroes in Crisis. Like, this doesn't feel as late as it is mm-hmm. because it's always a full meal every time it comes oh, out. Yeah. Like, like I'm stuffed. Read it twice kind you know of book. How you, 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 read, you, like, you walk out of the restaurant, you're like, oh, I, t- uh, I overdid it. Oh, and you can't wait like an hour later you can't wait wait to go back yeah yeah um it, it was this has definitely been it's we we looked it up the other day the first issue came out november 2017 mm-hmm. it is ridiculous currently <laughs> almost two years later uh-huh. and we're on issue 10 of 12 i don't care i don't care either it's, it's so fantastic good. so this this issue um all but established his or, or by his i mean jeff john's i think master thesis on the dichotomy between uh manhattan and superman yes like the differences between the two um you start it with 
this um, movie that we've been watching on and off the whole series, this uh, adjournment, this this old 1930s yeah. Uh, film. crime film. Yeah, crime noir, black and white. Um, and then we see that Dr. Manhattan actually visited the main actor very, very early in his career. This is one of the things I love about this. So in the original Watchmen, there was the Black Freighter. And basically, thematically, it tied into the story of Watchmen, right? I, uh, to this day, I say... If you just took all of that stuff out of the book, I'd be fine. Mm -hmm. I don't think you miss it by not having it, right? This, well, I'm like, oh, what a neat idea. I guess instead of doing a comic book, an old comic book, we're going to do an old movie, old black and white Sam Spade type detective movie. Um, and also, I wonder if this is going to be as, f not frivolous, but ex um, extraneous. Yeah, it was like a Black Freighter at best was just parallel. But he ties it literally into yeah. the events of this book. And, and after uh, Dr. Manhattan leaves the Watchmen universe to go tool around with a different universe, he, yeah, he visits this, he meets this Carver. He meets this young Coleman man. Coleman Carver. Yeah, in his, uh, I want to say, early 20s. Yeah. Um, and takes him to a diner. Mm -hmm. And oh, it, it should be noted, too, when he first appears in this universe, uh -huh. he's disoriented. Um, Dr. Manhattan literally says he has not felt this disoriented till Adrian, since Adrian Set shot him with the tons of, of tachyons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like to, to hide his plan. So he has right. no bearing. I said his name backwards. It's Carver Coleman, not <laughs> Coleman Carver. Anyway. <laughs> Mop, oh, do you know what? Stop this yeah, and re-record it. From this scratch. This is over. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he randomly chooses this young man to become his anchor in this universe, just like how the picture... Of when the photograph. of the photograph before he was Doctor Manhattan was his anchor. So like I, I like we we had talked about this a little bit. And I and I remember um we had we were talking a little bit about like well, what's that make the what makes this kid so perfect or so you know chosen or perfect or whatever. And it made me keep thinking of the Mars issue of Watchmen where mm -hmm. every single time like he was seeing all time at once, but he always had to keep like anchoring himself with this picture. I'm yeah. at the fair. Yeah. I'm looking at the picture from the fair. Like, it's always an anchor. Here's where I am now. Carver has become his anchor for his existence in the DC universe. Mm -hmm. and He would that, have yearly meetings with him that, at a diner. Yeah, exactly. And that anchor had to be prior to 1938 for him to have been around for the, um, the first appearance of Superman. Yeah. So him having that anchor that existed before, he was able to recognize that this first appearance is like a moving target. Yeah. And it keeps happening differently. Yes. Yeah, it's so good. so good. It's so much fun. Yeah. Um, so not only is there a multiverse in the DC universe as the characters in the world know it, there is also sort of the, if you take a couple zooms out from that, the Dr. Manhattan view of it, he's calling the mo the megaverse. No, metaverse. 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 Um, because he is able to see the broader scope of the multiverse keeps changing. And also it, it makes Earth... Uh, what Earth? Earth Prime? I, I think it's Earth Prime. Like uh, Earth Prime is the main impetus for the rest of the multiverse. And anything that happens on this Earth and with the timeline on this Earth sort of shifts everything else in the multiverse yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in other stories, like an infant crisis and stuff, I think our Earth Prime was like the linchpin Earth. If something devastating happened to this Earth, it yeah. would cascade throughout the multiverse. So it was always kind of like the center of. Yeah. But what um, Johns is now 
purporting is that it's not only the center of like the linchpin where like it's it's not just like the thing that you pull away and everything falls apart it actually um creates all the ripples yeah so what happens to superman like the the multiverse can't affect earth prime earth prime can only affect the multiverse and when you start to move things around on earth prime it changes the makeup of everything yeah which is so weird and cool like and and (laughs) superman himself is the center of the center too like Mm -hmm. his origin alone affects so much throughout the whole multiverse Mm -hmm. which is cool yeah no I, i like it a lot and um uh oh what was i gonna say um, so so oh Manhattan was a is uh, the whole this whole issue Manhattan is a observer yeah he is witnessing all of these crises crises and events yeah he keeps going back to Superman to see like so, so Carver Coleman and Superman's origin kind of become his his um his tests of what has changed in this last yeah. like reboot so he's lived through all the reboots of the dc universe yeah yeah um and then he realizes that everything gets shaped based off of how superman is introduced in this world yeah so then he decides to no longer be a passive observer and he's an active and wants participant. to see how him participating changes this universe because he doesn't understand superman yeah and so, it, but the th- okay. So here's the only thing I don't quite get, and I I, I think you try to explain it to me as we're just gonna say it's the butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. Basically, what he does in order to create the new Fifty Two, and it's explicitly stated here that he is the architect of the new Fifty Two because what he does is less, yeah. he takes the lantern, which was you Alan know Scott. create Alan Scott as the Green Lantern. He shifts it a couple feet out of the way so that the Green Lantern doesn't happen, and then the Justice Society never happens, and then Superman is different. So that's what I don't quite understand is because there's no Justice Society, all of a sudden Superman doesn't show up till much later, and he's sort of a different version of the character, but I don't understand why. So he doesn't change he doesn't change any of the reboots from the other crises. Yeah. Those all happen. So the whole changing in timeline, so yeah. like 38, 86, 2003, those all happen anyway. Yeah. But what he does with this latest one after Infinite Crisis is he moves the lantern, the meaning lantern. that there is no um, existence of super beings or superheroes or a legacy to follow by the time Superman does finally arrive yeah. on Earth. Yeah. That's why for the New 52, everything was new and they weren't around for only what four or five years. Yeah, because there was nothing. There was nothing established when it comes to superheroes. So mm-hmm. it was a, it was a less hopeful, a less legacy-driven yeah. kind of world. Yeah. Um, are you asking about the dates specifically? Yeah. Or? Like, why is everything later now? But it just always was. So like, don't think about like the actual like 1996, 1986. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was always going to be a little like off. It, uh-huh. What it really is is after. After the last reboot oh, of continuity. Oh, he doesn't create... Okay, so, all right, here we go. So he did not do... He doesn't move Superman. New 52. New 52 was already in play, about to happen because of Flashpoint. Yeah. So Flashpoint, Flash goes back, saves his um, mother, and then unsaves his mother, and then that creates this new DC universe. All he does after the new universe is being created is move the lantern so that there's no justice league yeah or justice society 
I got it. Okay, I thought it was saying that him moving this lantern created the New 52, whereas all he's doing is sort of mildly adjusting the New 52. He created he created the edge lordy uh edginess and and kind of like the less hopeful dirty yeah. Yeah. version of the characters because he removed all references, hopeful references of superheroics. Yeah. Yeah. Before the arrival of Superman. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Now yeah. I'm in. Great. Thank you. So it's just like a dirty version. Yeah. And and it's really cool, too, because he kind of gets into it where this is a Superman that he can actually relate to now because it's one that isn't driven by, by hope and by, mm. you know, morality so much as lost in this world. Hmm. He, um, it's the page before that, that top left panel. Mm-hmm. It's a Superman that it's a Clark without his Kent. parents or the Legion. Clark grows more distant from humanity. I understand him better. I relate to him more. It is five years ago, and I feel the power of changing Superman. It is intoxicating. Yeah. I have altered the metaverse and, in turn, the multiverse. So this is a power he never had before, right? And he admits that it has kind of driving him now. Yeah, like at his his he did not have access to the metaverse in the Watchmen universe. Yeah, his benevolency was just something that was 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 all being and all seeing. So it was like, yeah, cool, whatever. Yeah. But now he has the ability to actually affect things as opposed to but actually affect things by manipulating Superman's knowledge. Yeah. Right? So it's it's like he's playing he's playing around with with uh, immovable forces, right? Yeah. Like, will Superman always be Superman if you keep pushing him towards a direction? Will he always end up coming back? Mm. So that's what makes me think that this entire exercise is like Jeff John's master thesis about, you know, Superman himself, readers of Superman, and other characters like Dr. Manhattan that are the antithesis of. Hmm. Like a movable object and an unstoppable force. They're, yeah. about, they're about to meet, and we don't exactly know what's going to happen after I'm this. I'm so curious. This is really fun. This is a really, really fun book. And there's two panels here where we've got Wally West from, I, I want to say it was from the DC Rebirth one-shot, yeah. where he's confronting, and we now know that he was confronting Dr. Manhattan. He says, whatever you did, they'll stop you. Um, and it just, I'm, I'm so, it makes me even sadder about Heroes in Crisis, Wally West. Yeah, also too, like the... Um, this whole idea of the speed force being almost like a um, uh, immune system for the multiverse, I thought was kind of cool. You know, like he's messing around with the multiverse by affecting the metaverse, yeah. and the speed force is kind of fighting back, almost like an immune system. Yes, and it's Wally that's kind of like pushing at it. Yeah, and, yeah. that's kind of cool. There's there's a lot of really cool stuff in here. Mm-hmm. And Took us a while to get to it. Yeah. I mean, it's never been boring, but it's it's been patient. Mm-hmm. I also don't really like this is the most important part of this story to me, like all the other stuff where they're doing a Watchmen esque thing that people have lost their trust in superheroes and they've been created by the government, uh, all that other stuff. We'll see where that's going. Well, now we know it's all machinations of Dr. Manhattan's by moving the lantern. Yeah. Yeah, like yes, that yes, whole yes. that whole mentality wouldn't have even existed or or rooted as deeply if it wasn't for that one move. Like it's it's it, when this is going to be when we reread this, it's going to be wild. I hope so. I hope that the rest of the DC universe catches up with what's actually happening in this book I don't know. because so far this is not indicative of the DC universe as we know it now. Yeah. 
Um, and I wonder if that's why we're getting things like Heroes in Crisis that feel a little sloppily put together is because maybe they're, I think we've said this before, that Jeff Johns had a vision for the DC Universe moving forward. Now he's no longer a part of that decision. And this book is taking so long to come out that it's actually changed uh, how the DC Universe was moving forward. There's a, I remember early on when this, when this book started to, when it was solicited and they were starting to talk about how, you know, the first two issues were going to come out on time, but then it was going to move to a, a bi-monthly and then at sometimes it was tri-monthly. But the whole idea was like they, they intentionally, I guess, tried to bake in breaks. Yeah. Um, but they were saying that this is the future of the DC universe. This is in continuity. It's the yeah. future of the DC universe. And by the time this ends, the DC universe will have caught up to it. I'm hoping that's still the case. I'm still not seeing it. Well, we're I only mean, two issues away. I mean, in Justice League right now, we have Apex Lex or whatever the hell they're going to call him. Apex Lex? How f- you're, where he kills himself and now is being like reborn right, from yes. Perpetua and stuff. Perpetua, yes. I forgot about that. But in There's this, so much stuff happening in that book that it's hard to keep up. There's so much stuff happening in the DC universe that yeah. it's like I have to... You have to consider this outside of continuity until they tell you it's not. Yeah. But what I'm that's my point. I'm hoping it I'm hoping it up. is. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a bucket of fun. I'm still having a lot of fun. I hope that it sticks the landing. We'll see. I have more hope for this of sticking the landing than than I did for Heroes in Crisis. Oh yeah, it's true. Um all right. I guess we're it was that it? Yeah. Um anybody that didn't get a chance to read it yet, pick up Superman Leviathan Rising. It's wonderful. Yeah, I haven't got a chance to read it. I only started it and I haven't got through it. But um, I am curious about where all this is heading, the event Leviathan. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, guys. If you have any questions, you can email us. You can tweet at us, at JD's Hero Complex, or... Oh, you can tweet at me directly, at Mr. Bartocci. Yeah. Um, also, we had a fun time the other night with Len, the Bat Tribble, from the Black Tribbles. We did a Batman 1989 dvd commentary track uh for you know just for the podcast um feeds but yeah we had a lot of fun i was i was like i don't know are we gonna be able to come up with enough stuff to talk about during a two-hour film oh we did we did okay we did uh yeah so yeah be on the lookout for that it's coming coming soon hopefully i think yeah uh, if Len is s- editing it i think if you've seen the, if you've seen the movie then you you could still watch you could still listen to it without us like talking over it but if you've never like if you want to like sync up the movie, Len yeah. worked it out pretty well. It's actually yeah. really cool. But uh, oh, and uh, we do have a Patreon. If you want to go to Patreon slash Johnny Destructo and throw the show a couple of bucks, that would be wonderful. It would really help out. Um, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.